Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. And for a full list of the 2016 Research Medal winners, head to our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Kei te whakaronga mai koe ki tō tātou au horihori, hei hōtaka e pāna ki tō tātou au whānui. You're with Our Changing World on RNZ National, and now, one of conservation's handiest tools for finding wildlife is dogs. These super noses have been trained to find everything from ants to rats and kiwi, and now penguins. I join Alistair Judkins from the Kaikoura Ocean Research Institute and his doggy offsider Mina on a little penguin hunt on the exposed eastern shore of Wellington Harbour. I'm Mike Rumble and I'm looking after a project on the eastern bays of Wellington Harbour called the Eastern Bays Little Penguin Project. The aim to find out where the penguins are. So where have you brought us today, Mike? We've come all the way down the eastern bays, and we're just a short distance away from Pencaro Lighthouse. This is an area that's never been checked before, so this is going to be a very interesting exercise. So we're hoping there are little penguins here? That's what we're hoping. We just have no idea at this stage. Now, you've got a, a secret tool, or not such a secret tool. Alistair, what have you got with you? Well, today I've got a very good friend of mine. Uh, She is my dog. Now, she is a Department of Conservation conservation dog, and she is a fully certified penguin detection dog. Now, Minna is the only uh, specialised little blue penguin detection dog in the country. There are other dogs that do find little blue penguins. They are trained for that, but those dogs are also trained for different species as well. So you've been searching, I gather, around on the other side of the harbour already? I have. I've been uh, searching around the Miramar Peninsula and Island Bay and Taputiranga Island, which uh, was a really special place to visit, with good success as well. Uh, but for the last uh, couple of days, been working on the eastern side of the harbour with uh, the Eastern Bay's Penguin Project. Before you get your dog out of your car, what are you doing? You're putting a special coat on. Yeah, whenever she's working, uh, she's wearing a a day glow vest, which has the uh, conservation dog logo on it as well. And that just lets people know that she is a working dog. And uh, it often makes people just give her a little bit more space as well. And another vital piece of equipment that she wears is a muzzle. Now, even though she is a highly trained and fully certified penguin detection dog, Uh, she has to wear a muzzle. Now, that is because she is a dog. She is a carnivore, and you cannot trust a dog 
100%. So uh, the conservation dogs, they're also working with really endangered species like the kakapo, takahe, different species of kiwi. Uh, and some of those dogs have been doing that work for you know 10 years, but they all wear a muzzle. So never believe anyone when they say, oh, my dog wouldn't hurt a penguin. I trust it. I don't trust my dog. Not 100%. Um, maybe 99.5%. What kind of dog is she? She is a Hungarian Vishla. Now, that's a, a, a dog breed that many people won't have heard of. It's not a very common breed, although they are becoming more common these days. The way I sort of describe her as a German short-haired pointer, but a redhead. She's how old now? She is four years old, going on six months. Uh, this breed is a very excitable uh, breed, uh, very wriggly. So it's about sort of harnessing that energy for good instead of evil. How long did it take to train her and get her certified? First, to get accepted into the program, the handler has to get accepted. So you have to be trained first. <laughs> I do. Well, I had to have a lot of experience before I was even accepted. Um, I'd been working with penguins for three years in Kaikoura uh, with a man called Lindsay Rowe. Uh, he leads the penguin research project in Kaikoura. And shortly after, I, I got my dog. And it was only because I had the experience with the penguins that the conservation dog program even considered me. So different breeds are really valuable for the uh, conservation dog program because there's three different types of dogs in the conservation dog program. You've got the uh, hunting dogs. Now these are ones used with colours who go and hunt uh, pigs and deer and goats. So they're the indicator dogs telling the hunters uh, where the animals are. And that's quite commonly used with recreational hunters as well. Then there is the predator detection dogs. Now they are the Jack Russells, the Terriers. Now they are genetically hardwired to be very keen on searching for these animals. Uh, but they don't kill the rats and mice and stoats that they find because again they are wearing muzzles because they're working in areas with the kiwi with the kakapo with the takahe so they just detect the presence of those predators and once that presence is detected by the dogs then the alarm bells ring and then all the traps and poisons are laid so they're really valuable for those predator free islands maybe uh, two or three times a year those dogs will be put on the island just to uh, check, just in case there's anything that's uh, uh, jumped on. And then there's, of course, you've got these protected species detection dogs. Now, they're the ones that uh, detect the presence of the takahe, the kakapo, the kiwi, and penguins. And where are we expecting to find them today? On the inland side of the road? That's an open question, Alison. We're not sure at all. Uh, what we have discovered in the areas towards uh, Eastbourne, Days Bay and up towards Seaview, uh, the rocks, the uh, breakwaters that have been formed is where we've been finding the penguins. So based on that and Alistair's previous experience, I would think that we're going to find them in the rocky areas, perhaps, and maybe picking up some scents crossing the road, but that's an open question. We're just not sure. So what I'm doing now is uh, just filling out a data sheet 
uh, with the the date, time, start, GPS, who the crew is, who the dog is, environmentals, that sort of thing. So that's the way that we can work out effort and just to keep a, a track of where we are and who's doing it. And every time that we find an actual penguin, a burrow, or the dog gives a really strong indication of an area, yeah, we just uh, take a GPS point and write some details about that area. So this time of year, late spring, what are you expecting the penguins to be doing? Well, Wellington's a bit unusual. Uh, we tend to ha- uh, have nesting starting mid-August, roughly. Uh, very slightly season to season. But this year, for some reason, there was a six to seven week delay before birds came back to, to nest. And the number of nesting have way down from what has been the case in the previous years. Uh, so at this point, we would have expected lots of chicks, uh, maybe some fledged already, but that would have been early ones. Uh, this time, we're still finding birds in nests by themselves, uh, or one egg or two egg, which is highly unusual for late October. And in, yesterday we, we saw one large chick uh, hidden in the rocks uh, not far from Eastbourne. And we have seen one young chick. So the nesting, in other words, this year has been all over the place. We don't know why, we just suspect it's feed. The absence of feed means that the hormones for nesting won't kick in. When she does actually find penguins or detect the presence of them, she gets a lot of fuss put on her. So she, um, she gets lots of cuddles and praise and occasionally a nice little treat. Uh, but to begin the work, I also just wave a little bit of tasty ham in front of her nose. And that lets her know, oh, if I do a good job, I know what's coming. So that works really well, that positive reinforcement. Uh, and it also makes it a really nice relationship between the two of us as well. It's one based on a lot of uh, mutual respect and a lot of affection towards each other as well. So it's really nice working with her. We should crack into it. So she's working her way up through these big rocks. Yeah, so she's working over these boulders and sticking her nose into all sorts of crevices and when she does actually find something, or the, the presence when he sort of signs, she's got a few indications, and some of them are very subtle, and probably only ones that I can pick up because I work with her all the time. The main indications that she has are what I call interest. So that's where she you know, sticks her head into a, a rock hole or into a bush and is just really sniffing really hard. Uh, the other one is a point. Being a pointer, uh, she's got that uh, genetic instinct in her to freeze and actually point with her nose. And sometimes she does the classical, you know, put her paw up and point with her nose at the same time. It's really beautiful to see. Uh, and the other one is she will turn around, look at me, and sit. So they are her three indications that I look for. But sometimes it's a little bit more subtle than that. Um, yeah, so I've just got to keep my eyes open and, and work really closely with her. So that was the seaward side of the road, and now they're crossing to the cliff side of the road. Lots of small bushes. So they're having a good search around at the moment in an area of low knee-high gorse, a few tarweenie bushes. So mm-hmm. she 
had something in mind, but nothing there. Yeah, maybe just a, a new smell, a novel smell that she just never smelt before and just wanted to check it out. Once she gave it a sniff, she moved on. So back through the gorse. <laughs> yeah. It's quite remarkable how high up in the vegetation and the hillside these little blues can go. You know, they can be found a kilometre inland sometimes, which is quite remarkable for such a little seabird. Ah, so you have to be prepared to go anywhere. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you're taking a closer look down there, Alistair? Yeah, a lot of the time what I'm doing is getting on my hands and knees with a little torch and scrambling around. Because they're such a small penguin, everything wants to eat them. So when they're on land, they're not just standing out on a beach or on top of a rock, they're hiding. Uh, so yeah, they dig burrows just like a rabbit. They'll go into little caves underneath rocks and dense vegetation. So they can be really tricky to find. Uh, the dog was having quite a bit of interest in this particular area. I just found a little bit of old penguin poo. It's not very fresh, uh, but she picked up on it. A little bit of interest and then she's ready to move on. But I'm just gonna trust her here and have a bit of a diligent search. Yeah. Here. So got whistle commands you use with her hand signals as well? Yeah, that's something that some of the commands I've specifically and intentionally started with and others have sort of evolved as we went and that just came with working together quite a lot. Um, this breed and, and this particular dog, they're really focused on their owners. Uh, they're known as Velcro dogs uh, because they really like to stick with you they've got a very tight relationship with their owners so yeah she looks to me with that eye contact she looks for my body signals and I do the same for her so a lot of our communication is through body language um, but if she's looking away every now and then I'll just give her a little whistle or a click of the tongue just to get her attention and then I can uh, sometimes with the whistle I can call her back but a lot of it is just with the hand signals where? Where is it? Where? So she's showing quite a lot of interest around this old concrete pipe here. And it would be a good place for a penguin. It's perfect shelter for them. So she's stuck her head right in there and really sniffling uh, quite intently. All right, stay. Well, there's uh, actually a potential burrow here that curls around another very large boulder that I can't actually look into or, or reach into to see whether there is one. But the dog was actually really keen on something in there. So I'm just going to mark this as a point of interest. I can't say for certain whether there is something or there isn't, but uh, I've learned to trust the dog on these ones. And what we're seeing at the moment is how a dog is quite valuable. She's just bypassed a whole lot of area that could be a really good penguin habitat, but she had a little bit of a sniff around and just walked right past it. So that means that uh, we don't have to waste time searching all of these areas. The dog has already said there's nothing there.
So I'll just uh, bring it back and have a look at a place that, if I was a penguin, I'd surely be. Minna, stay. The dog is right, nothing there. So I've only been able to join you for a couple of hours and actually we've just drawn a blank. Yeah, we have, which is a little bit surprising considering how many penguins we've been finding towards the upper part of the harbour, around suburban areas. And here we are in a more rural area and with pretty good habitat and, uh, yeah, kind of drawn a bit of a blank. So that is a bit surprising. So what kind of numbers have you been finding over the last few days then? Well, say yesterday we found around about 20 20 different sites and some of those sites had actual adult penguins, some had uh, penguins with chicks and eggs and and even some very large chicks that uh, were going to be fledging in the next couple of weeks. So quite a wide range of development. So, um, yeah, men has been working really well over the last, well, considering the work that we've been doing on the uh, the western side around Miramar and Tapu Teranga and as well as around the Eastbourne area. Yeah, we've had a, a very good week. Every day we've been in, including some really horrible weather that we've been having in the last couple of days. Uh, really wet and miserable northerly rain. And she's been on form, you know, finding, uh, finding good numbers of penguins to the point where it's, well, it's a good problem to have, but we weren't going anywhere very fast. We'd be finding a penguin, unpacking all the data sheets, filling out the data, unpacking the data sheets back up and going another five metres before Mena finds another penguin and then having to repeat again and again and again. So yesterday there was a breakwater. It was about 100 metres long. It took me an hour and a half to do that breakwater because there was that many penguins around. So it's been a real mixed bag compared to, uh, well, this morning at least, and, uh, and what we've been doing over the last couple of days. But, well, that's, that's field work. You get, uh, you get your productive days and your unproductive days, but, but we'll keep on keeping on. Uh, and as my wife says, who is the research director of the Kaikoura Ocean Research Institute, zeros are numbers too. And that was Alistair Judkins from the Kaikoura Ocean Research Institute and his penguin detector dog, Mina. We also heard from Mike Rumble, who organised the Eastbourne Penguin Search, which was funded by the Hutt City Council. And Mike tells me that Mina and Alistair only found one penguin site on the exposed stretch of coast that we were searching in that story, but along the whole eastern side of the harbour they found a total of 56, including nests with eggs and chicks. Thanks for listening to this Our Changing World podcast. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter at RNZ Science. Matewa. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.